Our recap of the season 30 Amazing Race premiere is sponsored by our friends over at True Car. And True Car has got a lot of useful tips for you that you may not know about. Like, you know how to get your car interior clean? Take some olive oil and put it on a coffee filter and boom, like new. You could also take that extra weight out of your car to improve your gas mileage. And they also say, allegedly, if you hold your keychain remote up to your chin, it's going to increase its range. And here's another tip that you might not know. True Car is also going to help you when you have to buy a used car. That's right. True Car is not just for buying new cars. With the certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, you can see what other users paid, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal before you buy that car. And you're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with the True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy that new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. From my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast, and now he is the guy who's totally gonna come to goat yoga. I am Rob Sisternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Amazing Race 30. They said it would never happen, but here we are to recap an all-new episode of The Amazing Race in its 30th season back on CBS here in January. Welcome to any of our new listeners to the Amazing Race podcast who are saying like, hey, there's nothing else on. So I'm just here for the podcast. Welcome aboard. We hope that you made the right decision first. Let me welcome in the woman that I have. I believe this could be is this maybe is this season number 10 of the Amazing Race that we have been talking about together. Here is the great Jessica Lee. Jessica, how are you? Um, I can hardly believe it myself, Rob, but I did, I did come on board in season 21. So yeah, it's, it's been a minute. Um, and I am so super happy to be here talking with, you know, hashtag the podcasters and <laughs> doing, you know, team. We, we, I spent, I, I gotta tell you, I missed like the first 10 minutes of the episode cause I was sitting there thinking of what punchy thing I could say about <laughs> podcasting in our intro package. Yes. Okay, well, excited to be back together. And of course, we have a treat for our listeners here, a man who is going to be covering the amazing race for Parade.com, where he's been doing outstanding work for Survivor and Big Brother. Give it up for the podcast man whore himself, Mike Bloom. You're going to call me the wizard of podcasting. Yes. Uh, and that's also, that's Mike Bloom with two O's. Don't mix up the order because it's very finicky. Which yes. one has the diacritical? Oh, it, it's, it's, I think it's the last one. It really is like sort of a slope upwards, uh, much like the skiers do at the very end of my name. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about in our first hour of the Amazing Race 30, sort of an abbreviated season, uh, which is going to run between now and the kickoff of Survivor Ghost Island. There's going to be a lot of weeks where we're going to have two hour episodes along the way in sort of a wacky season of the Amazing Race. Uh, if you stuck around for the season preview, there's a lot of twists that we're going to be unpacking in this season. We will wait till later on in the show to talk about 
about that for the super spoiler averse. Of course, we will have our exit interview back on The Amazing Race. They had a season off from The Amazing Race exit interview during Amazing Race 29 when The Amazing Race episodes were going up on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. It was uh, just not an ideal turnaround time for me at a time when it was Survivor season and Big Brother Canada season. So we did no exit press last season, but we'll be back on the amazing race exit press train coming up with our first interview of the season with the uh, photo finish losing Desi and Kayla that is going to be coming up on Thursday on RHAP. Mike Bloom as well will get the opportunity to speak with the ring girls for parade.com. Mike, are you excited or what? Uh, you and I are going toe to toe. We're putting the proverbial gloves on because, uh, you know, neither one of us can realistically box. Uh, <laughs> Jess would can. absolutely not. Yeah, and Jess can knock both of us out in a single punch. Sure. But uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to uh, be brothers in arms to uh, talk through these amazing race exit interviews because if this premiere is any indication, I feel like we have a really entertaining group of teams ahead of us. Jess, I was disappointed that the team name hashtag Mitch Fitz didn't really stick. I felt like that we had a lot of opportunities for uh, Michelle Fitzgerald tie-ins on uh, this season. Bro, I know. Well, I don't think I don't think they wanted to get sued <laughs> by Michelle Fitzgerald. Yeah, I think Mitch Fitz is a registered trademark of <laughs> Michelle Fitzgerald. Yeah, but they could have gotten all of the uh, Mitch stands uh, on board. Uh, they could have had like a built-in fan base. But then they lose all the coveted Aubrey supporters. <laughs> so really, it's a balancing act. So, yeah, all right. Well, uh, what an exciting photo finish for this first hour of The Amazing Race. And it really, from... Out of nowhere, I thought for like the last 20 minutes that our NBA team was going to be eliminated, that they looked like they were dead in the water. And then sort of like out of nowhere, they ended up going from like last place to eighth place. I didn't really understand how that happened. And then we had a time penalty based on Sean or I guess Cedric yelling out some help to Sean and then it was a race to the mat between team goat yoga and the ring girls and not since lightning McQueen have we had uh, such a close photo finish uh, there Jess is there any precedent here of having to go to the videotape evidence I don't think we've ever seen anything quite this close we've had some close finishes but I don't think we've ever had to actually like do the 360 matrix camera and see whose feet hit the mat at what time. That was pretty wild. And, you know, it would have been wild enough if we just watched the NBA team clock run out right as the other teams were running up. Like that is tense enough and cool enough that I was, I felt like that was just gravy, the photo finish. Yeah. So I was really, I was really excited about this end of this episode in a way I have not been excited about an episode one I think maybe ever yeah it was really interesting to see how it was going to play out down uh, this stretch Mike in terms of the penalty that Cedric and Sean got where Cedric uh, said hey mind your P's and O's did you feel like uh, that was that was there a precedent there in terms of uh, 30 minute being the penalty for that I'm so glad you asked, Rob, because Jess and I were cumulatively racking our brains trying to figure this out, because I think both of us had in our head as soon as this came up, this has happened recently, but for the life of me, I cannot remember when it happened, but luckily Jess was able to figure it out, 
We saw this back in The Amazing Race 27. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a challenge in the third leg, I think, a roadblock where uh, the teams had to, like, butcher meat and hang them on a hook Mm -hmm. to a a butcher's liking. And I believe it was uh, Team Motherboy. It was uh, James Earl who was screwing it up. And so his mother, Denise was essentially advising him on how to hang his meat, and as a result, they got a 30-minute penalty for that. So there has been some precedence in the past. Okay, Jess, did you agree with the penalty for mind your P's and O's? Well, I think we, when this happened in season 27, we spent a lot of time talking about whether we thought it was unduly harsh, but a lot of the feedback I was getting on Twitter during the episode was they thought that it didn't go far enough. So, I mean... Personally, I think 30 minutes is about right for something like that. But on the other hand, I think in both of these cases, I think both in the previous instance of this penalty and in tonight's episode, I'm not even sure that the person doing the roadblock actually heard it. No, Phil said it doesn't matter. To be be fair, Sean should have gotten just a penalty out of spite because he decided for some stupid reason to help the only other team that was at the roadblock, (laughs) even though they knew they were in last place. (laughs) <laughs> well, we've seen a lot of that, too. I think that's its own penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really faked out by the edit because I would not have had the ring girls as the team that was going home. I really thought it was going to be team goat yoga in the first half of the episode. And then I was really convinced it was going to be the NBA team. But just did you see the ring girls as being the team that was going to be getting that loser edit? Well, Rob, I'll put it this way. I don't know if you've seen who's on your fantasy team, but <laughs> you had the ring girls. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. You want to know the other team that you have? <laughs> Who is it? Do you want to guess? You got the goat be- yoga as well. <laughs> <laughs> I will be rooting for your team, Rob. Um, I'm, I'm girl power all the way. I'm just not sure I'm confident in these particular girls and their particular power. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because, uh, you know, we speculated a little bit on our preview as to who the quote unquote argumentative team of the season would be. Uh, we were pointing towards Team Ocean Rescue. I still think the breadcrumbs are leading there just a tiny bit from Brittany's very uh, <laughs> somewhat sociopathic threat to Lucas if they got them lost that she would like mind freak him for the rest of their lives let uh, me know that if you know hear me wrong i will hold I it over know. your head for the rest of our lives i will be passive aggressive about it first and then slowly it'll seep into your bones to the point where it gives you nightmares yeah what is she jigsaw i mean that was really like out of nowhere it's like just so you know if this if if this goes wrong that i will infect you like a virus you will die a she's slow like, and painful death. Like, wait, what? She's, she's lifeguard Freddy Krueger. It's pretty <laughs> obvious at this point. Uh, but I, it's interesting that, like, we would think it would be them. And again, there might be some clues there. But the big team that was breaking out into fights right when they got into Iceland was the team of people who've known each other since high school, which is something that came, comes completely out of left field, considering how some of these people have varying relationships of knowing each other. You would think, even we saw this on the season last time, oh, that's more combustible since you don't know each other that well. But 
these women have known each other for decades at this point, but for some reason, the pressures of the race are the ones to really push them to their breaking point. Jess, I thought that goat yoga enthusiasts were supposed to be like all like Zen. Is it sort of like when you add a goat to the yoga, is it sort of like a uh, like nasty, stubborn goat sort of takes away all of the Zen? Well, I think when you've known each other since high school and you have businesses together, I think that's the only time you really know how to get each other's goat. <laughs> Here was a team goat yoga getting into it as well in this episode. That's not gonna just do your passive aggressive. While you were asleep, I figured out all the directions. I'm holding my tongue. I wish we could get along better. I can cry again. (laughs) I don't know why you have to be so hurtful. (laughs) Yo, really? You're gonna cry again? Are you? So are you? You gonna cry again? Is that is that does that count as passive aggressive or are we just steering right towards aggressive at that point? <laughs> Unlike what they were steering aggressive. into the correct direction in Iceland. <laughs> I don't even understand uh, goat yoga. I don't, I don't understand why a goat is being involved in yoga. I think that if you're trying to do yoga, aren't you like trying to relax and sort of like uh, mind your breath and really unwind it? <laughs> Yeah, I honestly can't imagine my chakras aligning if I've got a livestock animal climbing all over my back. Yeah, I like I like the way they described it, though, in the little intro package was like Sarah's like, I run a yoga business. It's April goes and I had goats like this is not the chocolate and peanut butter matchup <laughs> you would suspect initially. Yeah, but they don't just do goat yoga, Mike, that uh, they have a million things going on. Listen to all this. But we don't just do goat yoga. I do trapeze. I teach kids parkour. I was a professional water skier. We're moms. Puzzles. Cooking. I'm a dental hygienist. We're going to win Amazing Race. We goat this. We goat this. Not since put it in Rourke, Mike, have I heard uh, such terrible <laughs> wordplay. Hey, listen, that was a step better. But yeah, these were... Uh, I know we have a team from Big Brother on this season, but they were really pulling from the Big Brother well with these intro packages. There was like, this one's going to be a slam dunk or we're going to knock out the competition. Like We're going to eat the competition for lunch. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if that what other like occupation based ones left the cutting room floor. Like God knows what the firefighter said or I don't know, Lucas and Brittany, like we're going to save our reputation from drowning in the race. <laughs> this team's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I noticed the opening credits were also very big brothery in that, you know, they were all being filmed on a green screen, sort of being breezy <laughs> and dancing. And I'm not sure it's a good did look you, for the amazing race. Did you notice, though, that for the first time ever, Phil was in the credits. It was like, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, Buffy and it was like, it was like, and with Anthony Stewart head as Giles, like a very special credit at the end for like the most tenured member. And so Phil got his place in 30 seasons in Phil finally got his rightful due in the opening credits. Good. I'm glad his agent held out for that. Of uh, And Phil wants to be in the credits this season. Uh, we're going to make that happen. Okay. If you want no. Phil back, get him in the credits. Probst and Chen aren't even in the credits. Yeah. So, uh, but, <laughs> so Phil, uh, we got this. We got this, Phil. But in exchange, you have to give Joey Chestnut a hot dog at the starting line. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Mike, now you spoke to Phil before the season started. Uh, did Phil give you anything about this season? Uh, I mean, the the thing that he's been really hyping up, not only in my publication, but otherwise, is just how competitive this group is. It really is the best of the best. And we talked about this on the preview about how that title might not necessarily apply to each and every person that is on this race. But I'm still not entirely sure what competitive means. If that means that we're going to get a lot of variance between teams, I, I would say that we, we have a pretty strong group of teams right off the bat, but he didn't necessarily give anything away. I feel like, if anything, the This Season On preview gave away a lot more. Uh, Phil did give away that they're going to some countries for the first time, like Bahrain, but otherwise, he's just been pushing this best of the best top dogs competitive element stuff. Top dogs or hot dogs? Top goats. <laughs> yeah. Jess, what's more forced? The, oh, this is the competitive season of the Amazing Race. Heroes versus healers versus hustlers as a season title or 72 hot dogs into Joey Chestnut's stomach. Well, I don't think Joey Chestnut has to force it anymore. I think those things slide on down. <laughs> right to his feet. <laughs> All the way into his giant boots. <laughs> that there, there was a lot of things I enjoyed about this episode, but that might be my favorite. Was this this poor Miss Iceland? Poor Miss just Iceland. Having t- <laughs> Miss Iceland just like receiving all this banter of like, okay, here's a man who has hot dogs in his feet. Hey, let's figure out who's yeah. the, where's the pants in this relationship. Like this, she doesn't want that business. She just yeah. she's here for promotion. Jess, I thought that she was a foil for Phil's awkward small talk on the mat. And I don't know exactly. It, it came off as like uh, some sort of like a weird uh, flirting between Phil and Miss Iceland. Uh, so first, uh, this is Phil trying to explain competitive eating to Miss Iceland. Please tell Miss Iceland what you guys do for a living. We're competitive eaters. We eat food for a living as much as possible. Is that why you have big feet? (laughs) What? Wait, what? (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, the size of your feet does often lead to hot dogs, so it really is connected to (laughs) what they say about competitive eaters, I guess. I, I don't know what they say. About I don't know what they say about it, but it's definitely not that. Hey, did you see that competitive eater that he's got big feet? That's not a I, thing. That's maybe they're trying to make it a thing. I like that Miss Iceland seemed like uh, strangely interested in competitive. Please eating. tell Miss Iceland what you guys do for a living. We're competitive eaters. We eat food for a living as much oh, as possible. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Rob, this is a people that love to drink cod liver oil. So really, we should be questioning <laughs> oh, uh, the, the taste wow. that they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want me to go on a 30-minute tangent about Icelandic food, because <laughs> I will. And, you know, I think it was more from the place of she didn't understand, because food <laughs> to her in Iceland. Oh, yeah. competitive eating. Oh, so you fight other people to get to the store to get food for your family. Oh, I get it. That's very yeah. noble. And the last one has to eat the fermented shark. <laughs> I'm assuming the the strong men who are pumping weight in the squares at all points in time in Iceland, they com- they constantly compete for conf- for food, right? Well, the crazy thing about Iceland is one of the things that is the best in Iceland is hot dogs. So Joey Chestnut would have been right at home. <laughs> oh, wow. Why is that, Jess? Uh, I'm not sure, but one of the best cheap eats in Iceland, and I tested this out, gas station hot dogs. You wouldn't eat those in the How U.S. How many did before. you have? I had, we were there for about two weeks, and I think I had a hot dog like every other day. Okay. so They that's, were tasty. Yeah, so Joey and I, Chestnut. And did your feet grow in any size in your time there? <laughs> 
Yeah, I had big feet to begin with, so <laughs> I was competitive on the hot dog eating front. <laughs> So also Phil ended up uh, really like throwing Connor under the bus to Miss Iceland as well. This is what Phil had to say as he humiliates him on the mat to Miss Iceland. Connor is living on his couch. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) What is that? Did you say awesome? (laughs) Connor is living on his couch. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? <laughs> Phil was just weirdly abusive to a lot of these teams this time. And I wonder if it was just that he resented all of the things he was being forced to do. I don't know. Phil is like, uh, oh, Connor, he has to live on Alex's couch. So sad. So sad for Connor. He's a couch surfer. Is how pathetic, Miss Iceland, isn't it? I, I like how they're sort of painting Connor as like. Like the E to, uh, to, to, you know, uh, to, to in the entourage of Alex when Connor is also an IndyCar driver. He's not some, it's not like, hey, here's a celebrity and here's a bum that crashed on his couch. <laughs> oh, very sad. It's a very sad story about uh, Connor and Alex. All right. Well, let's talk through the events of the episode and then we can get into uh, greater detail of everything that was going on. Now, Mike, you actually were there in Washington Square Park when these teams got started on Amazing Race, correct? That is correct. I was uh, standing in the crowd. I don't know. I might be in one of those group shots. I know that there have been a couple of RJ people that have been spotted uh but i don't know if, if i necessarily stuck out of anything my sunburn had because i made the mistake of not going out there with sunscreen and we stood under a cloudless sun for six hours on an october afternoon but yeah i got to see all the teams walk down in person got to see phil greet them and send them off and i was there firsthand as we got to see mr short shorts cody run through the fountain <laughs> without any shoes on <laughs> Yeah. Now, Mike, what is your uh, impression of Cody and Jessica as a person who watched all of Big Brother 19? Are you uh, Jody fans? I mean, I enjoyed them as characters. Now, look, I talked about this on the preview. There is plenty from a moral fiber perspective to not necessarily like about them. But I feel specifically with them as characters, they fit really interestingly in with the narrative of Big Brother 19. And I said on the preview that I was nervous about how they would fit into the Amazing Race landscape, especially Cody, considering that I think we took a lot of humor from the fact that he really didn't care about some of the more outlandish elements within the Big Brother atmosphere to the point of where his second exit from the house was him just walking on the table, disrespecting (laughs) the furniture right out of the house. Uh, But I'm happy to say that I feel like that humor, that deadpan sense of humor has carried over to the show. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm a little indifferent on Jody. I mean, I think that they were fine, but I think that they were sort of in a unique position where Paul had so much control in the Big Brother 19 house and they were sort of like the only force of opposition against what was going on with the bigger alliance in the house. So I do think that they were the beneficiaries of that in Big Brother 19. So I'm interested to see how they will fare against the field and if they can play nice with others here in this amazing race cast. Jess, do you have any strong feelings about Jody one way or the other? Well, one of the things that I find fascinating about these guys, and this was something that I've just kind of been turning over in my head watching them, was you have to think back to when they filmed this. This was October. They had been out of the Big Brother house for two weeks at most. Yeah. They have never interacted with each other without having a camera in their face. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is a I, unique relationship. Like Branchel was out of the Big Brother house for like a, a year or two before they were on Amazing Race. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a brand new thing. These people have been in an incubator. They've never been out in the world together. And I'm really anxious to see how that affects their relationship. Right. Yeah, especially especially Cody, considering that they were even separated for what, like four or five weeks? Because Cody was in the jury he house. The Jessica jury. at least had some time to assimilate in at home. But Cody comes out of the Big Brother house, basically says, okay, you're doing this. And then they're they're strapping up and they're getting ready to go on to the race. What I will say about them as well is that I will say that they were very, at least in this episode, very self-deprecating, which I would not say is not necessarily true about all Big Brother contestants. Uh, but good on them for at least having that sort of perspective to realize, like, yeah, we weren't very good at this game. We're not very smart, but we're going to try to run the race to the best of our ability. Something that's amazing about Cody and Jessica also, and I'll be sort of uh, looking at this all season long, that Cody could say anything and Jessica will laugh. That that he, I don't think that he's trying to be funny. I think that a lot of his like the times that he was funny was like uh, things were edited together funny on Big Brother. But he could say, I'll, you know, I'll have a ham sandwich and she laughs at that. Well, I liked when they were in the cab and he said something like uh, after they had finished the roadblock and he said, you know, people say I'm pretty smart. And she just gave him this look and said, yeah, I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> and I think. I'm interested in seeing her as kind of a foil for his very, very straight, straight man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they are here, Cody and Jessica, and uh, they are looking to become the first crossover winners of The Amazing Race. Robin Amber got close. Brendan and Rachel made it to the final episode a couple of times, and uh, nobody else uh, really got close. So we will see if they can go on to become the first crossover Amazing Race winners and follow in Natalie Anderson's steps of being a crossover winner. Mike, did any other teams stand out at the starting line? So, uh, I mean, from a pure like from a pure color perspective, obviously Team Chomp stood out not only yeah. for as Jess pointed out the Rachel Riley cosplay, but <laughs> I mean Eater Eater X wearing. <laughs> full face makeup even if you didn't know who he was you were a little confused as to what was going on uh i i i don't know how to feel to the fact that they washed it off or took it off when they got into iceland i I know we weren't sure if they were going to rock it the entire time it looks like they gave up on that but maybe it's like the fun meter maybe he's gonna like pull it out from time to time as just sort of a constant reminder of his brand Okay, so we'll be on the lookout for that. I feel like that face paint and competitive eating it doesn't necessarily go well together, Jess. You'd get you'd get like food all over your face. It would smudge the makeup. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, to, to be fair, actually, now I'll I'll take that back. It wasn't really face paint. It's more of a face decal. It mm. seems just like a sticker <laughs> that he slaps like on his tattoo. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll be following that all season. We also got a big dose of Cedric and Sean in the opening sequence. Jess, uh, do you like the basketball team? Do I like them? I mean, they're okay. Yes. Um, they seem like they are. They are better friends than I think we we initially speculated. I know you be. famously mm-hmm. trolled Flight Time and Big Easy once upon a time. Though. Do you anticipate a rivalry with these basketball players? I, I doubt that's going to be the case. I think I think we'll get along just fine. <laughs> yeah, they were funny. 
Yeah, they, they're always yeah. the. That's the team that they're. That's the slot they're filling. Is mm-hmm. the funny team. I mean, I mean, yeah, they were they were funny to a certain extent, and then. As soon as the news was closing in on them, they got a little less fun and they even started sniping at each other. <laughs> so I think it's, this is a really interesting episode, though, because I feel like, you know, usually the teams really start bickering with each other when the, you know, so-called killer fatigue sets in a few episodes in. But we had a good amount of teams just fighting with each other, like right from the get go here, which should make for a dramatic season, if anything. Yeah. We uh, also got to see our early front runners in the Amazing Race were uh, Henry and Evan. Uh, they were the Yale debaters. Just, do you think it was a mistake for them to be so out in front in terms of their not just uh, the first leg, but in terms of their alma mater? Well, I think it's something where they are used to excelling. They're used to being very upfront about how good they are at things like that's how you have to be if you're a debater and i think that's also kind of how you have to be in the ivy league so i would say that's a big weakness we're gonna have to watch out for because people are gonna be gunning for them like i can't imagine if a u-turn comes up they are getting u-turned right mm. right i think that uh, really having a being known for a college is not really ideal in terms of uh you know people want any reason to u-turn these teams mike yeah i mean you even saw in that aforementioned moment when cody and jessica took off from the roadblock first jessica was gloating like you beat the yale kid so right. i feel like when you have that reputation you know if you anticipate even a mental challenge coming up and henry and evan are still in there and they're I mean, they did pretty well navigationally as well. They were the first to get through most of that leg up until the roadblock. So you'd have to figure that even though they didn't finish, uh, you know, in the top two this leg, they're still a pretty prime candidate to do well at, in at least most of the tasks this challenge. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why people always say I'm much more likable and approachable than Stephen Fishback. <laughs> Another wizard. Another wizard from Yale. Yeah. So the teams headed out to Iceland to uh, Reykjavik. Jess, am I pronouncing that correctly? Reykjavik. Reykjavik. And so uh, we were headed off to Iceland for uh, a nice morning drive and a high wire act. Jess, did this play exciting on TV, the zip lining across to get the flag? I feel like this plays more exciting if you haven't seen every single season of The Amazing Race. <laughs> yeah, because there was no way you could really screw it up. It's like uh, maybe best case scenario, we got a little bit of like, ah, this is high. But overall, it seemed like it was kind of an easy thing to pull off. Like nobody really got stuck here. I don't know. I mean, yeah. there was a chance that Cedric might have made the, the line snap just because he's seven feet tall from his weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that there was a thing like this when uh, Boston Rob had the Around the World in 80 Ways show. And then I forget if it was Boston Rob or his partner that got like stuck on the zip line. And that was that was uh, much more exciting than this was. <laughs> it's surprisingly <laughs> <that> barometer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't have enough oomph on the zip line and the guy was just sort of like hung out there and he couldn't get back. It's surprisingly easy to get stuck on a zip line, guys. Yeah. 
that, that replacement I'm, level now? Can we now compare, like, all right, this amazing race moment. You know what? You can just replace it with Boston Rob's buddy getting stuck on a zip line. I think that might have been in the premiere. Boston Rob had to talk him through how to, yeah, how to get off. Although, I might have it backwards. Hey, it might have been I did Boston not Rob. expect an Around the World in 80 Ways reference. Hey, I, I'm talking about former Amazing Race finalist Boston Rob. Not all talking right. about the Survivor Next. player. I, that's relevant. Two time amazing racer, Boston. <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah. So the, all the teams were, you know, very easily getting their flag. Uh, we saw that Jess and Cody were in uh, second place at this point. Jess was the one that did the zip line. I thought she said something odd here. Good job, Jessica. Stay focused. Your crotch is thanking me right now because, oh boy. <laughs> Whoa, Mike, your crotch should thank me right now. And this is where you just in, you just insert the hymen clip right here, right, Rob? <laughs> I was gonna say uh, this you is know, a reference I don't get, but I don't wanna have it explained to me, so we'll just move on. <laughs> this is also the moment when Shamir is watching this episode from home and he just has like phantom pains. Because God can only imagine what would happen if we put him in this harness. I think his junk is hurting him right now. <laughs> yeah, that one, that might have been the most drama you would have gotten out of this zipline task is if Shamir was in it. If Shamir was Boston Rob's buddy on Around the World in 80 <laughs> Days, forget about it. It'd be done after one episode. There's a fan fiction button when you need it. <laughs> 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 so after the zip line, uh, it was off for some off-road buggy racing. Jess, were you thinking this was a five-hole task for the IndyCar team right off the bat? Well, they didn't have to drive yes, themselves. They didn't have to drive. <laughs> so I would say if you're really bad at being a passenger, that might even be worse than five-holing it. <laughs> yeah. Jess, did you think that it was going to be difficult for any of the teams to figure out that the number that was on the letter was going to correspond to the order of that number? It was evidently harder than it looked on its face for some of these teams. Yeah, it seemed like that was, that was pretty straightforward. But, Mike, uh, these Amazing Race teams are easily confused. Well, we, we've seen this a little bit before. I remember there was a, a task in Amazing Race 14 where I think they went down like a bobsled and they had to spell out Chekhov. And I, I don't know, again, you could chalk up to Killer Fatigue there. Here it is the literal first leg, but throw an accent on one of those O's, and apparently it sends uh, the, NASC, the, the the IndyCar guys. Let me, the, let me issue the first of many mea culpas that I will during the year of 2018 <laughs> and say that uh, Alex and Connor are not NASCAR drivers. They are IndyCar drivers. Apparently those are two different things, so thank you for the uh, corrections in the comments after our preview <laughs> podcast. And I got slapped down because I made the joke that they don't know how to turn right. And apparently IndyCar drivers turn right all the time. So Mia Maxima Culpa as well. Okay, so good. Uh, I dodged a bullet by uh, skipping uh, the cast preview. But yeah, but and you got and you got the best teams as a result. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, team goat yoga is going to goat the distance. (laughs) They got they goat this. We goat this. <laughs> they will not be goats as in they will be dragged to the end. They will be uh, marching to the end as the winners. The fourth <laughs> all female winning team of the Amazing Race. So the teams then uh they had to figure out the order of the letters and just the O with the accent proved to be problematic for many of the teams. That's problematic. 
with an accent over the O. <laughs> accent over the O. Is it just an accent? It's not a tilde, right? No, a tilde is different. It, there's a specific word for that type of accent, but I do not recall what it is. At one point in my life, I knew what the HTML code for it was, but <laughs> yeah, Icelandic has a lot of extra letters. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So the teams had to ultimately unscramble the word. Uh, you know, Alex and Connor would struggle with it. Uh, Cedric and Sean would really struggle with it. How many times did it take Sean going through the course, Jess? Well, I mean, uh, I saw they lower thirded at one point. He did it five times, but then he he definitely went back after that. He, I think he said at one point he'd done it 10 times, but I don't know if that was hyperbole or not. Yeah, I thought that that might have been apocryphal. I don't know if he did it 10 times. It would, have been, it would have been longer if Cedric hadn't yelled something out to him. <laughs> no, he never heard him. He just he didn't hear him. All right. So from there, we had to go meet up with some Viking strongmen. Now, it is commonly believed that most of the Earth's Vikings have moved into the hollow Earth. Uh, that is according to some reporting from the recent News AF. But... The uh, Vikings are alive and well here in Iceland, Jess. Well, I think that's pretty much everybody in Iceland is descended from a Viking. Mm -hmm. And I got to give a shout out to Brendan Fitzpatrick on Twitter, who pointed out that uh, all of these guys look like the mountain from Game of Thrones. And <laughs> one of those guys could well have been the mountain from Game of Thrones because he's totally on that strongman team. Yeah. To be to be fair, there were what three mountains and there are three people in Iceland, so there's a good chance that it was probably you'll probably run into one of them at one point. It, it was the third mountain. It's like the canonical mountain. Jess, could you explain the mythology of what's going on here? We had Vikings who were pulling a car and yet to answer two questions. Is is this tied into any sort of Viking mythology, or this is just a series of random things? This is just a series of random things. This is, again, I think especially in the latter seasons of Amazing Race, a lot of these tasks are designed when someone goes on Wikipedia three weeks before the show is supposed to start and types in the name of the country they're going to and picks out like the first three things that come up. Yes. My, my, my favorite part was the uh, Icelandic Pitch Perfect, the men's acapella group that was randomly there singing in the background to back up the weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> it was weightlifting and car pulling going on. I guess Sigur Ross was busy. <laughs> and Bjork. You had to yeah. answer what the questions were. And uh, Mike, what, what did we have to figure out? One was cod liver oil and the other thing was the Black Death. Yes, yeah, so you need to figure out. Uh, they, the two questions were identify what is the Black Death and identify what is Horse Khaleesi, which is my favorite Game of Thrones character, <laughs> unlike the mountain, which was also lifting weights. Uh, but the Black Death, first you have this really like rude teenager telling Jess and Cody that the Black Death is coffee. Yeah. Uh, which was, I like Jess being like, are you like, are you, are you effing with us? And of course, actually, they were kind of effing, effing with them. Uh, but Horse Khaleesi is apparently cod liver oil, and Black Death is something called Brennavin, which is, I looked it up, it's like a clear, unsweetened schnapps that they just had to down in one shot. Okay. I've got an airline bottle of Brennavin in my cupboard right now. Oh, um, you should have drank it before the podcast. I, I don't ever want to touch it. I did one <laughs> shot of that stuff in Iceland and that was plenty. What yeah. does it taste like? It tastes like I, someone asked me this on Twitter and my answer is it tastes like licorice and burning. Mm, is it the Black Death? 
Yeah, it's like it's like concentrated, super concentrated ouzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, okay. uh, that's not great. That's not not great. Yeah. So everybody is finishing up the word scramble. The last two teams to do the zip line were Goat Yoga and the uh, Plaid Twins, who were really the purple racers in this episode, uh, Mike, that Eric and Daniel really got almost no screen time. Yeah, and there's two of them. So you, theor- you th- th- theoretically, at least one of them would be able to put out some sort of amount of entertainment. These these seem like nice guys, but I don't know. Maybe they just sort of like they weren't really involved in a lot. Like you said, they were in last place. They got bumped up to eighth just because I think everyone else ended up getting lost or getting penalties. But yeah, I would say we we got to know a good amount of basically all the other teams except for the plaid firefighters. Much to your chagrin, Rob, <laughs> considering that they are essentially cosplaying you if the eaters were cosplaying hey. Rachel Riley. <laughs> Uh, I don't love those shirts. <laughs> All plaid shirts are not created equal, Mike. I, I guess I shouldn't have made a broad assumption. I apologize about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping, Rob, if you ever go on the amazing race, you better not wear jeans. Why? I feel like they I were wearing if jeans. I taught, if I've taught you anything about the amazing race over the course of our five years of podcasting together, I hope it is that you should never wear jeans on the amazing race. Why? What's the problem? Do they get wet? You can't run fast in them. I mean, okay, it's not as bad as wearing jeans on Survivor, but it's almost that bad. Okay. What's the right material? What do I want to wear? Like sweatpants? (laughs) You don't want to wear sweatpants either. (laughs) You want to wear like athletic gear. Athletic gear. You want those like Mm -hmm. shiny track pants. Okay. All right. Uh, We have not talked much about Team Well Strung. Uh, Jess, uh, did you have any thoughts on Trevor and Chris tonight? Um, I thought we didn't see a whole lot of them either. Like we saw a few minutes of them on the zip line and then they kind of disappeared. But I think that probably means they did okay. Okay. I would have liked to see more of them. Um, They are incredibly easy on the eyes. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I have them drafted on my fantasy team and i'm really looking forward to seeing more of what they can do but yeah they were just kind of they were just kind of there i didn't i mean they were there enough that we know they're there but i don't think they did anything remarkable no so it really came down to that there were two teams left trying to unscramble the word it was the goat yoga and the nba team and it looked like that Cedric helped uh, the goat yoga team unscramble what was going on. And they were ironically having the same problem that Cedric and Sean were having. Right, Mike? Yeah, I was a little confused by this because it seemed like these two would do what some teams do on Amazing Race tasks, which is like, OK, let's work together. You submit your answer first. If it's correct, I'll do the exact same thing on mine. And so, uh, who was I? I believe it was April who did it. Uh, the brunette who did the uh, the roadblock. She got hers correct, but Sean, for some reason, couldn't figure out what she did to make it correct. So not only did he screw himself up by by helping the only other team left, he further screwed himself up by not even noticing what she did correctly. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you allowed to, Jess? You're not allowed to help your partner. Are you allowed to help the other teams? I don't know if there's a rule about helping the other teams, but again. That may be one of those things that it's its own penalty. Because it seems like that there might be a workaround here. It's like, okay, I'm not allowed to help my partner, but okay, I'm going to tell April the answer of what to do. I see what to do. And then April could go and tell 
uh, Sean what to do. I mean, ideally, you wouldn't do this when you're in 10th and 11th place, respectively. <laughs> but if you were like working with another team and you were in second and third, it's like I can't tell my partner at the roadblock but I'll tell another team person and then they could tell my partner. It's like the wire season three of amazing race <laughs> strategy. Yeah. What's the, what's the ruling on this, Phil? <laughs> I want you to the numbers. Into, fit that into 280 characters and tweet it at him and let me know what he says. Yeah. Did you see that Phil was talking to uh, one of your favorite reality stars of all time, Jess, uh, Rhino from Survivor Pearl Islands tonight? I, I missed that one. <laughs> I retweeted it. <laughs> Why? What did you, what did he say? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Rhino, uh, survivor legend, uh, Ryan Oprey had said, I'll be watching for the first time in a long time, but on West coast, don't spoil it, Phil. And he, he retweeted Rhino and said, <laughs> ah, Ryan millions are watching the hashtag world premiere of hashtag amazing race. Now dot, dot, dot. You'll have to read a book and stay offline until it's your time. Yeah. Go play with some wow. pelicans. I'm sure you can find some. Yeah. <laughs> of all the people I expected to get smacked down by Phil tonight, I'd have to say that Rhino was low on that list. Low on the list. Low on the list. Um, I don't know if Phil needed to be hashtagging world premiere here on the Amazing Race tweet. Phil sometimes gets a little old manish <laughs> in his tweets. Plus, I mean, I don't know. I think of all shows, The Amazing Race is one you can affiliate with the term world premiere just because it has multiple meanings. <laughs> I guess that was wordplay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's better than we've goat this. We goat this. <laughs> Nothing is better than we goat this. You shut your mouth, Bloom. <laughs> yeah. I think Phil was hashtagging uh, world premiere a lot tonight. I think he did it a couple of times. Okay. So the teams uh, were trying to figure out the word scramble. Finally, Cedric and Sean were able to get out of there. They end up leaping somehow to team eight, Jess. Uh, what was the, they just like really great at driving and then all the other teams behind them really stunk? It looked like a lot of teams were really bad at driving. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was weird, though, because, again, I don't understand these men because they're ahead. Then I think the ring girls pull up and they're like, hey, do you know where it is? And they give it their, the directions. Yeah. What are you doing? You're in, you're in last place, veritable last place, and someone's behind you. Don't give them directions. No, they can't help Don't it. Don't open the door for them to walk through. They're good they're too nice, guys. They're good sports about about everything. You know, uh, but don't you know? Don't mistake their kindness for weakness, Mike. Because Sean is a very competitive guy. Uh, he's competitive at everything that he does. I guess that's how he got cast on the Amazing Race Thirty. Because uh, listen to this: being an NBA champion, I'm a very competitive person. I, I like to win at everything I do. I don't care if it's walking down the street. Yeah, He'll, that if you get if you start walking next to Sean, watch out. He's gonna he's gonna outwalk you. Yeah, just watch out for those street signs because Sean might not know what street you're on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so competitive. Even if it's walking down the street, he's gonna compete with anybody. All right. So just what went on here with the ring girls trying to park the car? I have no idea what was going on with that. 
<laughs> How hard is it to park a car? I it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> that the ring girls uh, did not seem to know how to fit a car into a parking space. It wasn't parallel parking. It didn't seem like it was that hard on the surface. I just feel bad for them because there's the. I guess it seems like there's this one asshole who might have like parked a little bit over the lines, and as a result, they had to take this horrible spot right next to the curb, and they had this horrible like moment from the first Austin Powers movie where they kept having to like pull out a little bit and then push back in and then pull out a little more and then push in again. Yeah, yikes. Uh, like this 136-point turn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jess, is it possible that whoever was drinking the Black Death for Team Ring Girl was also trying to park the car? That is entirely possible, although I really would not recommend getting behind the wheel of a car after you've had some of the Renovin. <laughs> yeah, that, that might explain a lot of what went on here for uh, Team Mitch Fitz. Yeah, they, they should have had uh, they should have a, a breathalyzer at the mat. They had to blow like, oh, wait, you have to wait until you're below 0.08 or you can check into the mat. <laughs> Penalty. So we end up then with the foot race that we talked about. And of course, uh, we had the 30 minute penalty for Cedric and Sean. They had to wait it out as we saw the ring girls battle it out with Team Goat Yoga. Jess, was there some pushing that was going on as well? Did you see any like hand-to-hand combat going on? I think that would have gotten called out if that was actually what was going on. It just looked to me like they were just trying to get there however they were, and nobody was throwing elbows or anything like that. Yeah. Did you notice either team doing anything right or wrong in terms of uh, dropping their pack? It looked like there was a little bit of a doubling back where you had to go down some stairs Mm -hmm. and it looked like they almost missed that staircase. So that could have been the thing that happened. Yeah. The question is, did they drop their shopping bags before running (laughs) to the mat? Yeah. No, we got to talk about the shopping bags, too. Okay, talk about the shopping bags. Well, it looks to me like everybody is carrying these giant plastic shopping bags from a store in Reykjavik called 66 Below. Mm-hmm. And everybody is wearing hats with the 66 Below logo and a couple of people had coats. It looked to me like they did not have to supply their own winter weather gear. And when they got to Iceland, they were given their own bags full of 66 Below swag, I guess, to promote the brand and be local and we've seen this happen on the show before where people go to like a ski resort and they have to go pick up bags with that with their name on them that have ski clothes for them so that you don't have to carry a parka everywhere but i hope those people got to keep those coats because a 66 below parka is like 300 bucks hey not bad yeah it's it's a perk yeah it's almost like a uh coming in uh first place on the amazing race it's worth a trip to Santorini, Greece. Is that what you're comparing it to, Rob? I think it's in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark? <laughs> well, I don't know. Greece's economy. I, I, I would agree with that. We haven't even talked about our first place team, Team Extreme, coming yeah. in at number one. Yes. Congratulations to Christy and Jen for their uh, first place finish this week. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was excited. They're drafted on my team, but I think... I think they really proved themselves right out of the gate. I was a little nervous about with the uh, constant physicality of the race. Both of them, through the athletic careers that they've had, have amassed a fair amount of injuries. But it seems like they're able to really keep a level head, and they did not falter at any single task. And they were able to beat Jody at the very end when Jody couldn't figure out necessarily, or Cody, I should say, could not figure out necessarily 
where the lake was, the shore that they were supposed to go to. So hopefully this bodes well for Jen and Christy moving forward. And as was forebode, uh, you know, at the starting line discussion, they might be the fourth female female team to win the race. Yes. Jess, did you feel like that that was potentially foreshadowing? Um, I hope it was foreshadowing. I think they're great. I thought they put in a solid leg. And by I foreshadowing, really like- I mean that they are the fourth uh, all female team to win the amazing race. I'm sorry I missed your pun, Rob. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I didn't think of it until after I said it. Okay, then I'm less sorry. <laughs> That's going to be the hashtag for uh, the season, Christy and Jen, in terms of uh, their potential run to the finish line. Yeah, and, and Jody uh, looked like that they had first place in their grasps, and then it turned out to not work out for them. That Jessica seemed like she had the right idea, but Cody was confused, Mike. Wait, you're telling me that Jessica and Cody had a path to do something correct. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, they decided to do the complete opposite yeah, thing. Right. And as a result, put themselves in a bad position. I've never heard them do that before whatsoever in the past several months. Yeah. So they came in second and uh, they ended up taking it. Well, uh, Henry and Evan, uh, they sort of were invisible in the uh, second half of the episode. Uh, they were team number three. And then Team Well Strong was number four. We ended up with a lot of teams all on the mat at the same time, Jess. Uh, a lot of teams were bunched up in this episode. It looked like there were kind of two cohorts of teams. You had like the teams that did everything right or most things right. And then you had all the other teams. Yeah. We ended up with some super teaser for the end of the show, which I'd like to talk about now. If uh, there's not anything else that you guys want to talk about from the episode proper. Um, do we want to talk a little bit and just, you know, as a long seated race fan, I'd be especially intrigued to hear from you. It seems like, especially for the first half of this episode, they really did a different job of editing things, especially when it came to introducing the teams you know, each team usually gets their package beforehand. We got like, what, three or four before the race started. Then we got a few after the race started. Do you have any strong feelings about the way it was done and how different it was in season 30? I didn't think it felt as different as you did, I don't think. Um, I did kind of observe that we got to know a few of them and then we got to know a few more of them. And I think that might just be the editors thinking, well, this seems to work okay for Survivor. And you remember... The early seasons of Survivor, that's how they did it, too. They showed everybody at once, and then they started the game. And over time, they've kind of started getting a little punchier, and you get to know the people in little bite-sized chunks. And I think it's okay. I don't think – it doesn't feel like a huge departure to me. I didn't feel mm-hmm. taken out of the race that I know and love. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was really that. It was, it was just a marked difference for me. You could tell in a season like season 14 where they do a different style of editing – but I liked it in that I wouldn't say it hurried things along, but it sort of like made things clip along because otherwise you would have gotten introductions from all 11 teams because, you know, they wanted to highlight all the accolades that each and every team has done. And then you would have to start the race, whereas here you could do a few and then get things off to a kick before sort of peppering them in throughout. Okay, I want to talk about some of these changes coming to the amazing race uh, this season. And the biggest of all, I think the one that everybody's going to be talking about, Jess, is that it looks like Phil is growing a mustache. I'm speechless. I I think maybe he's doing Movember. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, they they started in October, so I think it makes sense. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, with a Trebek-like stash, Mike, do you think, could this be a mainstay on The Amazing Race, that Phil will grow a mustache each season? When we start having teams respond, what is team number two, then yes, I think the full transformation would have occurred, Rob. Wow. Well, Trebek has been to an Amazing Race, Matt. Yeah, wow. That's true. When was that? Amazing Race Canada, season four. He showed up on the mat. Is it season three or season four? I can't remember. Whatever. Yeah, when I think they it was the race season. In- yeah, I think it was season. Yeah, because I think they, they went to his hometown, right? <laughs> yeah. They did the leg in his hometown and they rented him for not long enough for all the teams to get to meet him. <laughs> they rented him. <laughs> all right. But let's talk about the big twist to the game mechanic here on this season of The Amazing Race, where. Phil teases in the big supercut promo that we are going to be switching partners at some point in the amazing race. Mike, did Phil mention anything about this to you in your interview with him? Absolutely not. I had no idea what this was. Uh, yeah, this completely blindsided me. Uh, this is something I only dreamed up when I wrote my Simpsons Amazing Race fan fiction back when I was 12 years old. You what? On a, on a forum that's now defunct. <laughs> Please tell us you have it saved somewhere. I, I need to drudge it up because I'm sure I did. I wrote a, an Amazing Race fan fiction with all teams of characters from The Simpsons, and they went around the world together. What? And in one leg, they... En- they ended up by happenstance just switching partners for a leg. Yeah. Well, okay, Jess, do you think that much like in the Mike Bloom Simpsons Amazing Race, do you think <laughs> that it will be a switch for but one leg? Or do you think that they will switch and they will be a, a permanent change? I think it's got to be sort of like an intersection, which is a it's an old twist that we haven't seen in many seasons, but the intersection is basically it forced two teams to work together for one task or maybe two tasks. And then after that, you parted and you were competing again. I think this has got to be something sort of like that, mm-hmm. but it is something we have not seen whether they're switching for the whole rest of the race or they're switching for one leg. It's definitely something that has only been thought of in the wildest fan fiction dreams. So I'm excited to see how that one plays out. So this is exciting. And I'm uh, really hoping that we get some interesting stuff out of this. Now, do you feel like, will this be like one like crazy key party where you'll just like pull a name <laughs> out of a hat and then that's your new partner? Or do you think oh, that there'll right. be some sort of like that basically like, okay, Cody will race with April, but Jessica will race with Sarah where they will keep it somewhat more orderly, Mike. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, if you're going for the key party, pick the guy with the big hot dog, <laughs> right? That's probably the optimal partner in that regard. Um, no, I, I think that, I mean, what I would assume, and again, we don't know when this is coming, so this is a very broad assumption on my part, but it might be like a, hey, Christy and Jen, you finish as, as team number one. So Jen, pick any other person from any other team to be your partner. Okay, you picked Henry. Evan, you're left without a partner. Pick another person. So maybe it's sort of like a round robin in that regard, but... I'm sort of with Jess, like, I'll, I'll make a bold prediction here. I feel like if they do, when they do this swap, it's going to be for a non-elimination leg. Because I can't figure out how you would do this, stick through to the end of the leg, and have two people that are, you know, hybridized from two teams end up going home. 
without, and then have everyone sort of separate back to where they were. I do think it's temporary, but I think it's going to be on a non-elimination like only. Well, I hope that they have the courage to do it on a non-non-elimination leg. And then I want to have there be some sort of like Frankenstein team that ended up like, okay, the team of Cody and April gets eliminated. <laughs> so now Sarah and Jessica have to run the rest of the race together. That there is like uh, the the two orphans now end up having to stay together and run the rest of the race as uh, sort of this um, crazy sort of Mark and Mallory Mark team. and Mallory team. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, is that going to be their hashtag, the orphans? <laughs> well, we don't need to go that dark, but I, I think that that would be a lot of fun. And I, I hope that, uh, I mean, look, it's a misery 30. Let's have fun. And I think that, you know, I spoke about this a little bit in the preview as well. I think that some of us were a little saddened to find out that season 30 would not be going back to this perfect strangers format. Cause I do think that because the cast was so dynamite last season, they really invigorated the franchise by bringing in these single people throwing them together and see how they work together. So I feel like this is an opportunity for them to still sort of touch upon that without necessarily having to dip their whole foot into the water and say, we're doing that format entirely. It's sort of like the best of both possible worlds. So again, we'll see. And I know that they also alluded to another head to head like thing going on in this super cut as well that we might want to talk about too. Yeah. So, okay. Set that up, Mike, based on what we saw. I'll, I'll throw it to Jess. Since Jess is the uh, international amazing race expert, uh, she has seen this twist very, very recently. So I think she'd be best to explain it. Yo, we're getting a face off. I don't know if that's what they're going to call it, but it has not always been called that in Amazing Race history. But in Amazing Race Canada, in the last several seasons, they've had a twist known as a face off, where a team shows up at a task, they wait for the next team to show up. And then those teams, two teams square off. Whatever team wins, they get to keep going. And then the team that loses has to sit there and wait for the next team to show up. And then they go head to head again. And whoever wins goes on. And then the last team standing has to take a penalty. And this was called a double battle when it was first introduced. We've seen it in Amazing Race Israel and Amazing Race Latin America. But in Canada, because of hockey, they call it a face off. Mm -hmm. And it's been really a great way to introduce some drama and to make things a little more competitive and mix it up a little bit more. And I'm really excited to see them introducing it here in the States. If indeed that is where we're going with it. Yeah, this is great. I mean, did they have like an amazing race think tank before this season, Jess? I think they must've gone back and listened to a lot of our podcasts. (laughs) Probably. But on the other hand, it's it's interesting because, because the face-offs that we've seen in Canada were, I compared them to like, what comes with your Wii when you get it? Like it's, it's, they do, they did, uh, they did, uh, curling, they did bowling, they did volleyball. But here it looks like they're doing a wheelbarrow race drenched in a French fries costume. Is that what I saw? Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. Um, which I guess plays into the American tendency to dress everybody in a funny outfit every leg. No, that's which- Jess and Cody brought that from Big Brother. Yes. Yeah. I think Brenchel brought it from Big Brother. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And Joey and Tim had the Brenchel costume <laughs> left over, and that's where. The- yeah, they're wearing, they're 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 wearing the Brenchel tarts. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so this is exciting. Phil's got a mustache. We're switching up the partners. We got a face off. I mean, uh, Amazing Race season thirty has it all. Are we sure that's well, wait, not mirror so if, universe, if, Phil? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You think it could be the evil Phil? 
It might I was going to say, it could be the Amazing Race Devil. It could be mustached Phil. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tempt me, Mike. Don't tempt me. Oh, no. I don't want to say it. In, I'll say it in the mirror three times yes. if I want to invoke him. Jess, do you think that mustached, evil, mirror universe Phil will be the one to switch up the teams? Maybe that's where we're headed. Like, maybe this is the darkest timeline. The darkest timeline where mustached Phil will come in and break up all of the happy couples here on the uh, crazy 30th season of The Amazing Race. Let me ask you guys a uh, big picture ratings question. So here's The Amazing Race uh, in a much better time slot than it has been between bouncing around to Friday nights and then being on like in no man's land of like Thursdays at 10. Here it is in the cushy survivor time slot where we would think that people are tuning into CBS to see some reality TV fair. Mike, how many viewers do you think will have seen the Amazing Race 30 premiere? Oh, boy. I'm not good with numbers. I'm no Yale wizard. So I'm going to take a quick look at the ratings for. So last season, when it was on Fridays, they were bringing in, looks like right, around. Last, last season four. was the Thursdays at 10 uh, time slot. Oh, okay. So Thursdays at 10, they were bringing in around 4 million people. So I'm going to be generous and I'm going to say six. Six. And I think especially, I think especially for this premiere, you know, it's a hashtag world premiere that they're trying to build up here. I want to say the premiere at least is going to get six million viewers. Oh, that might be me being generous. Okay, Jess, over under six million. Um, I will take the under on this one. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I love the show. I hope it gets a little boost over last season. And I know that the premiere is always a really strong showing for this show, but I don't know how much of a boost it's going to get. Um, prove me wrong. Okay. Yeah, I think it's less than six, but I think it's more than five. I, I think it probably does a balmy, I'll say about 5.4 million. That's my prediction for the Amazing Race rating. Survivor was doing about 8.7 in that time slot. So we'll see how ultimately the Amazing Race is going to hold up. Yeah, and well, it's also going to, in a little bit, get uh you know preempted but also possible a buff from a lead-in from celebrity big brother as well so you know it's it's soon to be uh, i know you were saying in the beginning that oh you know there's nothing to watch on but in a month from now there's going to be three hours of cbs reality tv to enjoy on wednesdays yeah. okay all right well let's get into some questions from the listeners of the podcast of course that you can send us your questions uh we have questions uh, that are we have a question thread in the uh robert's podcast patron group we also have questions from twitter i will also open up a amazing race at rob as a website email address if you want to email in your questions we're recording these podcasts currently uh, right after the episode is ending, we may push things back to uh, the day after once we get into Celebrity Big Brother. But for the time being, in the next couple of weeks, we'll record these right after the episode. So uh, let me uh, bring in some questions from the listeners. All right. Here's a question from Anthony. He wants to know, is it ever a good idea to win the first leg? Don't you want to be under the radar early on in the race? Jess, is this a thing where do you want to be coy in the start of the amazing race? I don't think it matters that much. I mean, you might paint a little target on yourself if you come out as a strong competitor very early on, but 
I think this is less of a strategic game than, say, a survivor, where you might want to mask some of your abilities in the early game. I think you just got to go hard and get some momentum up there and run a good race and try not to be the third person to the U-turn board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that there's something about, you know, I can't speak to that because I haven't been on the race, but I feel like there's something to, like, finishing first as well that really is, you know, very invigorating kind of lights a fire under you. You know, so many teams work towards getting at least one first place over the course of the race that, like Jess said, it's it's not like, you know, oh, I'm going to throw immunity challenges or throw HOH challenges so I don't seem as powerful. People are going to have their own images of you. We even saw that with Henry and Evan this episode, and they didn't even come in first place. So I say go for the gold. And in this case, it happened to also go to the people who, oh, no, the, the, the do, do X game people get gold medals? I would assume so, right? So they have some gold to go they there. get like a Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> On the mountain? Yeah, from the mountain. It can only be, it can only be punny drinks that they get as <laughs> yeah. prizes. Yeah. Jess, how, what season did Amazing Race do away with that the first place team gets the Express Pass? Uh, has that been a couple seasons that they stopped doing that, or is this the first? Yeah, they've kind of backpedaled from giving the express pass outright to the first place team. I think last season they sort of snuck it into one team's clue just randomly. Mm -hmm. And I think there have been other seasons where they've had to find it somewhere else. And I think they're kind of moving away from that and back into giving away prizes because I think a lot of people are more excited about the prizes. I know I would be more excited to go to Santorini than I would to have an express pass. What about to have a jacket? Um, I hope they get to keep the jackets. <laughs> okay. Pod Vader wants to know if a team leaves the roadblock in last place, should they really incur a penalty? Doesn't seem right. Are you Mike what? siding with what? the bleeding heart pod Vader that doesn't want to penalize teams in last place? Don't, don't pity them. No, there's always you never give up in the Amazing Race. As you know, Eater X said to Joey Chestnut as he was foisting himself across a zip line. Don't give up when you're eating 50 hot dogs or 60 <laughs> hot dogs. You know, don't give up if you're leaving the roadblock last because, as we saw, someone could get into a parking mishap and you'd be able to pass them and move up three places. Yeah, that's right. So uh, don't give up. And, and they were in last place, but they went like immediately into eighth place as soon as they left. So I don't really understand how they went through some sort of a wormhole to get back ahead. So they, they were fine. They, that, that didn't screw them up, that penalty. Uh, Jess, Liam wants to know, why did CBS cast the twin firefighters? <laughs> Ouch. I'm sure that they're burned. perfectly. <laughs> 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 I'm sure they're perfectly lovely guys. Great guys. Okay, uh, Gary wants to know: Can anyone be the new team fun? Is that possible, Jess? Could we have another team fun? We're never getting another team fun <laughs> until we have an all stars and we get team fun again. Mike, this is a question from Lav. Wants to: Do you think that Cody being an alpha and not wanting to ask for help will hinder Team Jody? Is he too much of an alpha? Uh, he did say that you know. He, his programming, I guess, his robotic programming has now assimilated out any mistakes that they've made in the first leg, which I don't think that's necessarily going to hold because the Amazing Race is, 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 you know, a show rife with mistakes you make, especially when the fatigue mounts up. But yeah, that might have been a case there where Cody insisted on being the alpha that he knew exactly where they were going and it cost them a trip to Santorini as a result. Okay. Uh, we'll see if Cody can walk back some of his alphaness here in uh, the Amazing Race. 
Jess, this is a question from Diane on Twitter. Is it my imagination or is it incredibly rare for Amazing Race to have a first leg in Europe? I feel like it's usually South America now. Um, it depends. I think they've mixed it up. This is not even the first time they've had the first leg in Iceland. So there's that. I think Europe tends to be kind of, it kind of feels like a softball. Mm-hmm. And so they tend not to make that necessarily the very first thing. They want to give you something challenging. And yeah, it's usually Latin America. A couple of times it's been the Caribbean. Sometimes they just go straight to Asia and they go around the world the other way. But I don't think it's unusual. I think it's just something we may not necessarily have seen the last few times. Okay. Lamwell wants to know, why is Cody wearing shorts? LOL. Mike, did you want to comment on Cody's shorts? Yeah, they're real short. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They were were, were real short in person, too. Uh, And I talked about this on the preview, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the wardrobe department, after seeing what that first task was going to be, might have might have decided to pick that piece of him. I can't remember. Did he wear those shorts when they were in Iceland too, or did he switch to pants? I think he had pants. All right, so it was a temporary wardrobe choice, but yeah, I mean, I don't understand the utility of it. I guess you're wearing a backpack, so you don't need pockets, but still, I mean, when you've got it, flaunt it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was not in my Simpsons Amazing Race fan fiction. I'll tell yeah, you who that. Who was wearing the short shorts? Ned Flanders. No, Ned Flanders. Oh no, he's so conservative. He would, if anything, wear the longest pants possible. I guess it would. It would probably be. Uh, I don't know. Probably like Patty or Selma. I think I had them as a team, assumingly the twins, because again, uh, they were and they were much more uh, electric than the twin firefighters on this season. Yeah. Someday we'll do a power ranking of all of the twin teams on Amazing Race um, when we're really hard up for mid-season content. Amazing Race does love twins, even though they did not show Eric and Daniel at all in this episode. Yes, the Amazing Race is much like Coors commercials from the early 2000s. They love twins. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, Kathy Wallace says, who briefed Phil on Icelandic geology? Said tectonic plates pushing together there. Plates pulling apart in Iceland. Nerdy geologist upset. You know, the fact that he got the words tectonic plates out at all, that's <laughs> Pretty good for CBS reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Woj, the great Woj, wants to know, wouldn't it be the best idea to switch teammates and double your chances of winning your share of the million? What do you guys think of diversifying your portfolio? If there is an option to switch, to put your keys in the proverbial bowl, Jess, that is it a good <laughs> idea to sort of like, okay, well, now I have a two in 11 chance of bringing home some money this season. I think it depends on how close you are to your teammate. Mm. Are they really going to split it with you? That's true. I think April or or if you don't get along with them, like April and Sarah might be ready to go split skis right about now. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of that goat yoga team. Um, Who would be some of the dream matchups that we'd like to see people with? I feel like that there's a lot of people with Cody and Jess. I think that would be, fun matchups to have. I think that Cody with either of the uh, goat yogis, I think would make (laughs) for some, uh, some good comedy. I think Cody and Brittany would be good as well. Considering that, uh, you know, Brittany's threats carry over to Cody. I'd like to see how he'd react to them. Yeah. That would just be the two of them sitting there stone faced, like muttering threats at each other. It would be gold. Jess, do you have anybody else that would be a ideal combination to see together? 
I want to see one of the NBA guys with Jess because she's so tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always fun <laughs> to get a sort of a big and little person together on the Amazing Race. Yeah. Tried and true. All right. Uh, anything else to say about this exciting premiere of the Amazing Race 30? No, I mean, I, uh, I there were there was some fun stuff in there. We had an, we had an extremely exciting foot race to end it. We had some fun moments uh, to talk about throughout, and we really got to know again, maybe with the exception of Wellstrung and the firefighters, we got to know a good amount of these teams, and I, I'm really entertained by basically all of them. So you know, depending on how things shake out with the route and the drama and the tasks and all that, I, I'm really excited for this season. I'm really excited to be uh, covering it with you guys as well. Okay. I think there's uh, really only one way to go with uh, this hashtag tonight. I feel like it's got to be. We go this. <laughs> I had goat the distance as well. <laughs> I, have, I have hot dog feet. <laughs> I had that too. <laughs> and I have face sticker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that was uh, pretty amazing. Please tell Miss Iceland what you guys do for a living. We're competitive eaters. We eat food for a living as much as possible. Oh, wow. oh, is that why you have big feet? <laughs> what? what? What do you mean, so, Phil? What you, I mean, what are you getting at? Yeah, I say, like, Phil, Phil getting the tectonic plates wrong is the least of people's problems if he thinks that eating hot dogs goes to your feet. <laughs> I played this before, but I, I would like just to uh, dig in a little bit here with uh, Team Goat Yoga talking about uh, their many different occupations. We don't just do goat yoga. I do trapeze. I teach kids parkour. I lo- kids parkour. That sounds dangerous, Jess. I wouldn't let my kid take parkour. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, kids, we're going to run up the wall today. Wait, what? Yeah. No, but it- don't, don't kids already like go do parkour without any sort of advisement? Like, isn't that what the hot, the floor is lava essentially is? Is one big game of parkour? <laughs> So someone found a way to make money off of the floor's lava. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Yes. And it was. Uh, I mean, this, 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 these are the business partners that have created the success of goat yoga. So I think, you know, they, they, Sarah really is an entrepreneur here. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, it's not just uh, kids parkour. Professional water skier. Moms. Puzzle. Cooking. I'm a dental hygienist. We're going to win. Dental hygienist. Where did that come from? While she's water skiing, clearly. I mean, this is a kind of a nutty list that they're rattling off here. Water skier. Moms. Puzzles. Cooking. Medell hygienist. <laughs> That's Wanner. Are we sure that? Are we sure that Debbie Wanner didn't recruit these two to come onto the Amazing Race? <laughs> what is it? Uh, moms cooking puzzles. Dental hygienist. <laughs> yeah, one of these things is not like the other. Puzzle is not a career. Yeah. Maybe not for you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> gonna win amazing race we go this <laughs> all right boy did uh that kids parkour really came in handy getting to that mat in the photo finish also <laughs> <laughs> that's true they why didn't they just spring over the pole and run towards the mat yeah. had desi and kayla had one kids parkour lesson be a totally different <laughs> ball game for the ring girls Fan fiction, Rob. Okay. All right. Uh, I will have my interview with the Ring Girls coming up on Thursday. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, Mike Bloom, as well, will be speaking with Team Mitch Fitz, uh, as well, on parade.com. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Follow a Mike Bloom type on Twitter for all that and much more. And then, uh, that could, well, can we give a, a, a tease for some upcoming uh, podcasts, Jess? We certainly can, Rob. Yes. I, I'm going to be picking up another 
ep- another show that I'm going to be recapping with you over the post show recaps network. Yes. Uh, starting this Sunday, Rob and I are going to be breaking down everything that happens on Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Well, we'll be catching Ooh. back up with uh, the other Mike B, not Mike Bloom, Mike Burnham. And uh, we will be in the territory of not Mike Bloom, but Angela Bloom, who is a noted Star Trek enthusiast. And we will be following the voyages of the uh, Star Trek Discovery. To be fair, uh, Mike Burnham is by far the sexier Mike B of the two of us. Maybe even sexier than the Mikey B's of uh, Survivor as well. <laughs> Mike Barassi. No, hotter than Mike Barassi's barbecue, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who knows, maybe even uh, some uh, Black Mirror podcasting also coming up on the uh, post-show recap. So a little tease uh, for that coming up. All right. uh, Anything else that we need to get out of the way before we log off here for tonight? I don't think so. We, we got this done. So I think we're ready to move yeah, on. We got this done. Uh, be sure to check out the final wand off if you missed that. And then also lots of great stuff in the RHAP best of 2017 podcast. If you ended up missing that one, uh, looking forward to getting back into our amazing race coverage coming up next week, next Wednesday night and uh, be on the lookout for the exit interview. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>